Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Inside the Ball, episode number three, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Ryan Smith. Uh, this podcast brought to you by the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at kppounding underscore FSSN. And this podcast also powered by the Fans First Sports Network. Follow them on Twitter at Fans First SN. You can also rate and subscribe to Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash tobacco radio. Well, this is the third episode here on Inside the Vault, and my guest today is the sports director at WCNC, your local NBC affiliate there in Charlotte. He is Nick Carboni. Nick, welcome to Inside the Vault. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. Good to be here. Yeah, uh, so great to have you on uh, and good uh, get started. So, you were in Spartanburg, have it in Spartanburg. Fan Fest was last night. We'll just get right started into that. So what was your observations and takeaways from Fan Fest uh, last night? Yeah, I thought, um, you know, it was a good energy. I mean, it, it's not quite, and I don't know if it'll ever quite be, you know, the the Cam Newton Fan Fest days where he's got that entire stadium wrapped around his finger. I mean, that's just his personality. But I think there was a lot of positivity in the building and, you know, obviously coaches and players and team, they're going to be positive about what's going on. But I thought, you know, the, the fans, you know, had some of that too. There was a little bit of like, okay, we're, we feel good about the direction this is headed. We feel really good about our rookie quarterback and, you know, Bryce Young, I don't think he has really done anything to, you know, get people to to jump off a Bryce Young bandwagon. I think he's done all he can, you know, over the last couple of weeks to maybe add some people, you know, despite turnovers and, and, and a handful of practices, you know, consecutively. And they're all different ones that I'm sure we'll get into all of that. But overall, I just think, you know, it is a practice. So I think the the overarching feeling I got was fans are feeling good about the direction that this is headed. And it, it just made me hope that in six months, we're in the same building with the same feeling uh, headed towards the playoff game. That's just, uh, I think, everybody's hope. But it felt good in there for for a, a night in early August. Yeah, for sure. Um, on Panthers.com, I saw this Panthers center, Bradley Bozeman. He said he's been in places where the quarterback steps into the huddle and guys are just talking about the previous play, but not with Bryce but there when he steps into the huddle, everyone shuts up. That was a quote by Bradley Bozeman. So uh, I think the leadership displayed by Bryce young uh, early on and the veterans trust him and he's able to command the huddle is a good sign for the team moving forward. Yeah. And it's funny because I tweeted that quote or one of the other Bozeman quotes that he had and somebody, and there's always somebody on Twitter that says, well, he has to say that. No, he, no, he does not. <laughs> You know, listen, yes, they're going to be positive about the quarterback, even if behind the scenes they don't feel like it. But some of the quotes that are emanating out of camp from a veteran like Bradley Bozeman, um, other guys that we've heard from on the team, Frank Reich, who's, I mean, a seasoned, I won't say grizzled because he's got a, a nice disposition, but like dude's been around the NFL for a long time and he doesn't, you know, put put anything hyperbolic out there too much. So some of the stuff we've been hearing like anecdotally, uh, I think is just tremendous. And one of the other things Bradley Bozeman said last night, Ryan, was that four or five days into training camp, they had a meeting about, you know, picking up exotic looks and blitzes from the defense. And Bryce Young ran the meeting, the 22-year-old rookie quarterback. So I think, you know, that just speaks to his knowledge of the game, his command of what they're doing, his – you know, knowledge of what's 
coming at him from an NFL defense already, those are all good signs. Yeah, and uh, let's switch gears to um, the wide receiver room. Um, Terrence Marshall Jr. had the clip that went viral last night, that over-the-shoulder catch, um, a nice night for him. But the guy that I want to focus on real quick is DJ Chark. It seems like every time Bryce and him get together for a practice or even at FanFest, they seem to hook up and uh, they're really building this chemistry early on. And Chark just has to stay healthy. That's the name of the game for him. I think what you're seeing is the meshing between two talented guys and two really smart guys. In fact, when Frank Reich was asked about why he thinks that connection is go- is going so well so early, the first thing he mentioned was like, these two guys are smart football players. Bryce and DJ know kind of each other's tendencies already. They can kind of read each other a little bit on the field. That's awesome considering they didn't really have a ton of time together in minicamp and OTAs because Shark was nursing his injury. So, uh, that's a great sign. I mean, a healthy DJ Chark, whether he has 10 catches in a game or zero, a healthy DJ Chark on the field is going to help Bryce Young because it's going to help take the top off the defense and help Bryce work underneath. So whether he has 115 yards or 15 in a game, him being out there is only going to help Bryce Young. And, you know, right, you could tell, I mean, you could see the twinkle in his eye when he was when he was talking about those two guys because that's really good for that coaching staff to see those guys connect this early. And we'll get Bri- back to Bryce in just a second. But uh, last night at FanFest, uh, I won't read the list of names, but there was a lot of former Panthers there uh, last night. Charles Johnson, Al Wallace, um, you know, just to name just a few of them. But yeah. a variety of players there from the former regimes and back in the day. To your mind, uh, obviously guys like Jake DeLome, Luke Keithley are around the team in the radio broadcast side of things, uh, as fans might know from last season. But um, that's not a s- small thing as far as having all these players constantly come back now with under this new coaching staff. You weren't seeing that a lot under the former um, uh, regime in the Matt Rule era. So that's something I believe that's going to create a, a nice culture moving forward and just allow the – um, kind of the veteran guys to come back and be able to teach some of these current players kind of the ways and cultures of the of the, of keep pounding. Yeah, it's one thing to have it at FanFest when it's kind of orchestrated and, you know, hey, as an organization, we're going to honor these guys. It's another thing to see them at training camp practices in Spartanburg, which we have, and, you know, and OTAs and minicamp. And, and I'm sure once we get in the season, we'll see the same thing. And, you know, having covered college and pro football organizations or or programs where things haven't gone well, one of the the signs to me of kind of like a poisonous environment is alumni slash former players feeling like they're not welcome. And I know for a fact that that was the case uh, towards the end of the Matt Rule era. Um, so the fact that these guys are back, the fact that they are coming to Spartanburg, I mean, it's listen, I love it there, but it's, you know, these guys have a million other things to do and a million more dollars to spend in a million other places, but that's where they are. And I think that's a really good sign. Um, I've I've noticed for sure that, you know, Frank Reich, while he is very much not about him and his own nostalgia and being the first NFL quarterback, he understands the history, much in the way Steve Wilkes did, you know, and, and we saw him inject a lot of that into the culture, uh, you know, and credit to him for doing that and, and his final six weeks as interim head coach. Frank Reich's got that too. And he understands what this is all about, what the Carolina Panthers mean to the region and, you know, the men who wore the uniform. Absolutely. And um, 
I'm running out of words to kind of describe Bryce Young. It, it just, from the neck up, it just seems like he, he plays at such an elite level in that was on display at Alabama. It was on display even back at modern day high school in California. I mean, the guy is different and the size, everyone's just going to pick and poke and prod until Bryce Young convinces everyone that the size is not going to be a problem at the end of the day. But um, I, I'm running out of words just to describe how good this guy has been for the team already. Yeah. The size thing. I mean, the, the way I look at it is it, it's a concern, but, you know, without a lot of context, like we don't see guys this size in the NFL too much. So maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And Bryce Young, there's no, you know, serious injury track record because of his size at all. So I think we just are worried about it and and rightfully so, I think, and until, you know, he, he gets through a full season. Um, but what impresses me the most about him, I mean, you can't see everything at these practices, but some things you can see from being down on the field, and I'm sure at FanFest from fans' vantage points in the seats last night, is the way he is able to almost improvise, but within the structure of the pocket, to move around in the pocket um, in a way that is just kind of beautiful to watch. Um, and it's early, and, and we haven't seen it in a game, but um, he's got such an awareness about him and such a willingness to create while he's in there, um, you know, with, with maybe some pressure coming at him. The other thing that you can see is him going through progressions and making the right play, uh, throwing it to the right receiver, throwing it in the right spot. That kind of stuff for a rookie is very impressive. And you can see that in practice. He almost always makes the right throw to the right player. Yeah, and uh, let's dive now into free agency for just a second. Um, a variety of names from Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders, Von Bell, um, Adam Thielen, uh, and DJ Chark, as we mentioned earlier. Who do you believe is um, – everyone's going to say, well, you know, who's going to catch the most balls or who's going to – Miles Sanders is going to run for a lot of yards with helping out the rookie quarterback. But what I, what I want to know is who do you think is the most – underrated signing who are we not talking about enough that was signed in free agency that's going to be a really good addition for this ball club i would say von bell uh, because it almost gives you a twofer i mean it allows you to finally see what you have in jeremy chan and what you can do with him and i think if anybody's going to be able to do that it's the defensive coordinator that they hired in Ijero ivero so von bell helping solidify that back end next to xavier woods who Listen, I mean, he he probably should have had three or four interceptions, but other than that, I thought he played pretty well last year. He was solid. But Von Bell allows you to uh, not only have a Pro Bowl caliber um, or high-level starter, uh, I think at worst, safety back there, and flex Jeremy Chin and, and, and allow you to move him around like the chess piece that he can and should be. So um, I think everybody's rightfully paying attention to the weapons and the, and the kind of committee weapons. It's called weapons by committee. Nobody like is a number one anything on offense, um, but they should all be able to support Bryce Young. It's like a supporting cast. But I look at Von Bell and think, man, like it's crazy that they got that guy. Like it's crazy to me that Von yeah. Bell of the Cincinnati Bengals and the teams they've had the last few years is now in the Carolina Panthers. That's huge. And he was a New Orleans Saint to start his career. Yeah. So I'm sure he, that won't hurt uh, his motivation coming <laughs> right. back. The NFC South. Uh, yeah. And it's like you're looking at my questions, Nick. I, I was going to talk about Jeremy <laughs> Chin 
uh, lining up sure. all over the place. And he, it just seems like he's going to be a really good fit. in this defense has some of the quotes I saw from him the other day. He said, whether it's dime, whether it's nickel, you can't really describe what they're going to do. He yeah. doesn't obviously want to give opponents, you know, any bulletin board material, of what they're going to do. But at the same time, it sounds like he's going to literally be everywhere. Yeah, I mean, let him use his athleticism, his side and his size and his speed to your advantage. Put him in positions, you know, based on what the offense is doing. I mean, everybody talks about Frank Reich's offenses being multiple, but Jero Vera's defenses are going to be multiple as well. Uh, yeah. From anything from, you know, being in the three four to four man fronts uh, to now that you have Deion Jones to help out in the interior linebacking core allowing you to move Jeremy Chin around. I, I think that, you know, if, like I said, if anybody is going to be able to figure out what to do with Jeremy Chin, it's going to be Jero Ibero based on everything we've heard and we know about him. And, and I think Jeremy's ready for a defined role. I think it's been tough on him, you know, the first couple of years to be bounced around, be moved around, um, and basically moved away from the line of scrimmage all of last year and not being able to make impact plays. And you know, quite frankly, just foolishly lined up in the slot against receivers. He really has no business trying to cover uh, on a down-to-down basis. I thought that was kind of malpractice a little bit. Yeah. Um, two more uh, defensive guys, and then we'll go to the offense before getting your predictions and, and closing it out. Um, Brian Burns, when is he getting a new contract? <laughs> that <laughs> seems to be the question everybody wants to know. What are you hearing on that front? Yeah, listen, I mean, I think, you know, much like Bryce Young set them and, and it's a totally different market and it's a totally different me- mechanism uh, and a rookie contract, but you didn't see any of the other rookie quarterbacks sign until Bryce Young did. And I think, you know, Bosa's got to sign his first probably. And, and that's a lot messier and uglier than it is with Brian Burns. And then Brian Burns can say, OK, he got this. I'm I'm like right below that. Right. Um, so I think if Brian Burns is confident that he's going to be healthy and even more productive than he was last year, which why wouldn't he be? Right. Uh, sure. Wait, let's wait. Let's wait this out. Let me show you uh, what kind of market I can command after yeah. another big year. I think the Panthers should get it done. I, I think it probably will get done uh, sooner rather than later. The fact that Brian Burns is is at camp uh, is just absolutely yep. running drills to perfection and the, the highest intensity every single time a give him credit speaks to what's in his DNA and how he operates as a person and player. But B means that, you know, th- there's no animosity here. There's there's, they're probably not too far apart. They're just kind of like a waiting a little bit for the market to set and B, you know, coming together a little bit closer. So I think it would be done by the, the beginning of the season, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, Two guys on defense uh, that we haven't talked about. One is uh, very established and the other one, not so much. Um, The surprise of the camp that I don't think I had on my radar and I don't think a lot of people had on theirs either so far. uh, Reich praised him very well. That's Kobe Jones um, uh, from Auburn coming off the edge a little bit uh, and just being disruptive in the backfield. Um, Is he a guy who could just make this roster uh, and surprise everyone out of nowhere? (laughs) Absolutely, because we talked about Brian Burns, but and it's like, who else you got? Marquise uh, and, a, and, and right, and Marquise right. has been been injured, and we know that in spots he can be, you know, really effective rushing the passer. Uh, Yitor Gross Matos just doesn't seem like a fit for this defense, and they're trying to figure that out. I think Frankie Luvu is a guy that they can, you know, 
certainly inject in, in pass rushing situations and putting pressure on, but yeah, they need somebody to step up. And you know, we saw Marquand McCall make this roster in the last couple of years, undrafted guy, seemingly out of nowhere. And now it's like, Hey, that guy's perfect for our defense. So, um, you know, Kobe Jones has had like a handful of air quote sacks uh, in training camp. So he's kind of the darling. I mean, you know, a sack in training camp, obviously you're not even hitting the quarterback, but you know, you can tell when a guy is, is, got enough pressure to disrupt in the backfield and and he's done that so yeah it, he's been a fun surprise um and he could certainly make this roster as they look to you know and and he's you know looking at it right now i mean freakishly athletic build like dude could absolutely i'm sure Ejero Avero and that defensive coaching staff are like yes please step right up kobe jones take a spot um so for sure it could happen and you mentioned Frankie Lubu. That was the other guy I was going to talk about really quick, but uh, you pretty much mentioned um, he's so unique, uh, so much energy, such a good player, versatile. Yeah. I mean, uh, when Frank Wright calls you the steal of the century, mm. I don't think you can get a better compliment than that. I, I mean, uh, I think it was uh, Jonathan Stewart uh, on the Believe Panthers podcast uh, said this guy, he was on it last season. This guy's a missile and he, this guy's special. And, and we're seeing that in front of our eyes um, with Frankie Lubu. Yeah, you know, I always love the fact that Frankie Louvu had a lot of tutelage from, you know, a Panthers great and an NFL great Kevin Green because you kind of look at their backgrounds and you're like, wow, like it makes a whole lot of sense. Both guys just had tremendous talent, but also tremendous heart. And when you're a guy like Frankie Louvu, who, you know, listen, he's not a first round pick, uh, although you if you told if you if nobody knew Frankie Lubu's background and they saw him play football last year for the Carolina Panthers you'd be like all right top 25 pick in the NFL draft at some point no I mean he wasn't so uh he's just one of those players that gets better and better every year better and better the more opportunity you give him uh he could he can you know rush the passer he can cover he had pick six last year he's very productive has a nose for the football and you know he's absolutely a steal and you know, part of, and like it or not, agree with it or disagree with it. Most people probably disagree with letting Hassan Reddick walk after, <laughs> you know, his season a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, they did that with Frankie Lubu in mind. And, you know, he stepped up and had a big year, not as big as Hassan had, granted. Um, bit of a different different position. Um, some similarities, but they had Frankie Lubu in mind when they did that. So he's part of their plans uh, for the long-term future. And I, I don't have any doubt that he's going to bring it again this year. I mean, the guy is a baller and he's got a nose for the ball and nose for the quarterback and nose for making big plays. Uh, switching gears now to the offensive side uh, of the ball. Um, and then we'll get um, some predictions and get you out of here. Um, Miles Sanders, great addition to the backfield. Uh, really the closest thing I think we've had to a Christian McCaffrey uh, since McCaffrey got traded last year to the San Francisco 49ers. Such a sad day. on, on, on Personally, that was a sad day for me. Um, yeah. Deuce Staley, I think, I mean, everyone's going to talk about Ajero Vero or Frank Reich or Thomas Brown. I think Deuce Staley is the man. I mean, he, the guy is a ball of energy. There's no humble bone in his body i mean the guy is just an energy bunny and uh, he and miles sanders i think are just going to uh him reuniting with sanders back in philadelphia when they were together is just going to bring um talk about his impact specifically with miles sanders but also as a whole yeah i think he fires miles sanders up i remember watching one of the first otas or mini camps when the veterans got there and 
uh, you know, they were doing kind of a routine drills, like running back starts with the ball, runs through a little bit of a gauntlet over some of the little pads, kind of hurdle them. Uh, before Miles Sanders did that drill, Deuce was in literally in his ear. And I don't know what he was saying, but he was absolutely getting him ready to go. So I think Deuce is going to be a great motivator for a lot of guys. Um, and especially Miles Sanders because of the previous connection. But yeah, I mean, if you're a running back, you look at Deuce Staley. I mean, dude, I would want to disappoint that dude considering he played my position, considering how good he was, considering how tough, uh, he is. Um, and, 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 you know, I think that'll, that'll help Miles Sanders a lot. And also I think in this offense with this quarterback, they're going to need that rookie version of Miles Sanders back where he is catching balls out of the backfield on a consistent basis. I don't really know why that dropped off in Philadelphia, but it obviously did. And it's something that I know this coaching staff and I know Miles Sanders is, is eager to prove that he can still do. Yeah. Um, really quick. Um, I know there might be a lot of fans of this guy now that we've drafted Bryce young, but let's talk about Matt Corral for just a second. I mean, let's play this scenario out. Bryce young gets a few snaps in the preseason Andy Dalton, uh, gets his share of reps. And then Matt Corral is, this is kind of his rookie year. Is it not? I mean, the broken foot last year, very early. I mean, they're, do we do do we trade him and, and show him a lot of uh film on him for other teams to get him ready to get traded or do we develop him as, since it's only his really his his rookie yeah. year um what do we do with my, Matt Corral moving forward yeah and complicating it all uh, complicating the decision is the NFL you know allowing you with that third quarterback on game days this year and on the 49ers last year down to Christian McCaffrey quarterback you might need that guy so yeah. I, I I think it benefits everybody on mint street for Matt Corral to have a tremendous preseason. Uh, and you know, look, he's, he looks good. I mean, he can throw the ball and there's an athlete, right? So, uh, we know that. And I, I think he's had a really good attitude about all this. I know there's, you know, the draft night, Instagram post drama, whatever he, he tried to say, you know, that had nothing to do with Bryce getting drafted, but good, you know, he's motivated. Right. And I think the Panthers are motivated for him to have a good summer because, uh, it increases his value and the value you could get back for him. To me, I think if he has, you know, a couple of good preseason games and somebody wants to bite on him to be their backup, you do it. You've got Andy Dalton. He's a tremendous insurance policy. If God forbid something happens to Bryce Young, he's a very, you know, capable starter in the league. He can hold it down for a few weeks. If it were another young quarterback, an addition of Matt Corral on the roster, I'd say now you got to kind of hold on and, and like see which one wins out, and then they, he's the backup. But I think you try to get Matt Corral uh, as enticing of an asset as you can this summer, uh, and then get some draft picks for him. Yep. Um, Two part question for the preseason, and we'll get some predictions. Um, what are you looking for in this preseason? Be as general or specific as you like. What are you looking for specifically during these preseason games coming up? And um, my two part question as I try to uh, <laughs> scroll down here. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll just go with that. What are you looking? Yeah, we'll go with that one. Yeah. So I mean, I, there's a lot, but I think the first thing. That, <clears throat> excuse me that comes to mind is, you know, how does the defense look in the new scheme when those starters are out there on defense? Like, how are they making adjustments? Like, Hey, like we blew that coverage. We're in a new scheme. Like, why did that happen? How do we not let it happen again? Kind of the communication between everybody 
um, and how that's all going. Obviously, Bryce Young, um, <clears throat> how is he dealing with real, actual pressure? Uh, I'm sure they're going to do their best to not let him face real, actual pressure, uh, <laughs> you know, like with some quick throws and, and not, you know, dropping back and trying to throw it 40 yards and, and hand the ball off too. But, you know, how does he deal with that? Uh, the offensive line, obviously Corbett is out and will be for a little bit here. We'll see when he comes back, but Cade Mays filling in there. Uh, how does that all look? I mean, they had a lot of momentum at the end of last season. Iki Aquanu, how is he dealing with, you know, improving his pass sets when, when there's a, a real, real rusher on the other side of him, although it's great that he gets to go up against Burns. So uh, those are some of the things that, that, you know, jump to the top of my mind right now when we talk about seeing preseason football in, in the next few weeks. Yeah. Well, Nick, this has been such a great conversation. Let's get uh, out with some predictions and, and we'll uh, be on our way. So uh, let's start with an easy one. <laughs> well, an easy <laughs> one, but presumably. Um, will Bryce Young uh, win rookie of the year in the NFL? I don't think he will, but I don't think that necessarily is going to be bad. Uh, I think he is, I think he's going to be good his his rookie year and I think he's going to grow and continue to get better year in and year out and I think he has the potential to kind of be like a master of the position someday it takes a while for that to happen but that's kind of how the guy's made up and the reason I don't think he will is because I think they're going to run the football you know a decent amount they're just kind of built for that and I think you know Frank Reich like wouldn't call him a conservative coach but you know, he's not going to make Bryce Young throw it 40 times a game. No. Uh, so so I think that'll kind of like he, I don't think he's going to put up gaudy numbers. Obviously, he doesn't run the football. So, you know, I, listen, I, unfortunately, I think the guy that might win rookie of the year is on a rival. And that's B. John Robinson in Atlanta, because Arthur Smith is looking at that dude and being like, how do we feed this guy 30 times? a game?" Yeah. Um, and who knows how it'll end up for him. I'm not saying they're going to win the division or anything, but I just think he's got a better chance. Um, so no, I, I don't think he'll win rookie of the year, but I feel even better about him a few weeks in a training camp than I did after he was drafted. Uh, does Dante Jackson and JC Horn, um, last the entire season? Mm. They both play, uh, we'll say yeah. them. We don't, we'll say the majority of the games, let's say over, uh, 12 games or more. Maybe not the entire. Okay, season. so that's the caveat. They each play over twelve games or more. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I hate doing that. Uh, just because injuries happen all the time, we've seen these guys go down uh, on these turf fields, whether it's in Carolina or not. I'm not like, I'm not. Yeah. A, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a uh, an orthopedic surgeon. I don't know if there's a correlation, uh, but it just seems like these guys keep going down, and not just them. So. Unfortunately, I'm going to say no. I'm not going to put it on either one of them to say sure, which one sure. doesn't do it. Uh, but I just, yeah, I, I would guess that that doesn't happen, unfortunately. When it's all said and done, uh, what position um, coming out of training camp and out of the preseason, whether it's through roster cutdowns or signing a veteran player, um, what position is are the Panthers going to desperately need help? Um, defensive end, maybe corner, Um somewhere on the offensive line, maybe on offense, or where are we going to upgrade when it's all said and done um, that we may yeah. not have on our roster? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when it comes to, like, desperately trying to find something, I think it would be edge rusher opposite Brian Burns, and I still think they're keeping their options open with that and seeing what happens through the next couple of weeks. Backup corner is the one that 
I said previously I would prioritize the most. Yeah. It comes to like, yeah, we need somebody to get to the quarterback. Like that's probably the most important thing you need on defense. Um, and Brian Burns needs some help up there. But uh, it's been a good couple of weeks for the backup cornerbacks. Let's just see how that goes. Uh, so right now I would say, uh, you know, somebody opposite Brian Burns to help out a little bit. Uh, the wide receiver who will finish with the most yards um, or or touchdowns uh, for the Panthers this season. Hmm. Yards or touchdowns? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it sounded better. Uh, yeah. when wrote it down. Uh, <laughs> no, I was just. I'm you can say yards or touchdowns. You can. Well, you can, we can pick one. Oh man. Let's go touchdowns and go DJ Chark. Okay. He has a full, fully healthy season or close to it. I think the connection's there, uh, and he's going to be a weapon for Bryce Young. I can't wait to be wrong about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, uh, Two more, and we'll get you out of here. How many sacks will Brian Burns finish with this season? 14 and a half. Okay. That's that's a good number there. uh, He would probably hate that number. Yeah. I think that would be pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, uh, personally, uh, this for this last one, personally, I have us finishing at nine and eight overall uh, finishing. I haven't decided whether we're going to wild card or win the division. Not sure yet. Still going. We'll see how, how the preseason plays out and how we look the first couple games. But uh, I have us finishing nine and eight. Uh, what say you? Yeah, I'll go with nine and eight. That's exactly what pops into my mind. And, and it has, um, you know, since they drafted Bryce Young and, and we've kind of gotten to know you know, Frank Reich a little more in this roster. So I'll go nine and eight and um, I'm not going to predict playoffs, but I think that <laughs> people will be feeling very positive about the the organization at the end of the year uh, and the direction that Frank Reich has them going in and the direction that Bryce Young is headed in, uh, whether that's playoffs or not this year. I mean, it's certainly possible in this division and this conference. Uh, and I think they'll be pushing for it for sure. Awesome. Well, that's a good place to end it there. Uh, as I said at the top, my guest today has been Nick Carboni, WCNC, NBC affiliate and Charlotte sports director there. Nick, um, all the best to you. Is there anything you'd like to uh, plug while we got you on this podcast? Anything uh, you'd li- like anyone to follow? Sure. Uh, if you're in Charlotte, uh, September 6th at 9 p.m. on WCNC, we're going to have a preseason special and uh, we should have lots of good stuff. We're still kind of in the, the planning stages of that. So I don't know exactly what yet, but check us out uh, September 6th, 9 o'clock on WCNC. Awesome. Well, uh, Nick, like I said, this has been great. Thank you for being a guest today here on Inside the Vault, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And that will wrap up this edition of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and uh, we will see you next time.